This week's episode of Unorthodox is brought to you by Harry's, where you can get a great shave for less. Visit harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use the promo code UNORTHODOX to save. Welcome to the special Valentine's Day episode of Unorthodox, a weekly podcast from Tablet Magazine. I'm Mark Oppenheimer, joined as ever by senior writer Leah Leibowitz. Hello, hello. Hello. And deputy editor Stephanie Butnick. What's up? Today's show is all about love. Today we'll be talking with Odd Mom Outstar Jill Kargman, who will tell us how she met her husband after some dates gone wrong, and with love expert Nancy Slotnick as well as with a couple guest Jews who have put their matchmaking destiny in our hands, which is a little terrifying. (laughs) When we put out the call a couple weeks ago for Jews who wanted us to find mates for them, we got all kinds of submissions. We got submissions from men, women, gay, straight, from grandmas, from bubbies, from moms, dads. I don't think any from Zadies. Anyway, thank you. You're an enthusiastic listenership, and we are going to do our best by you. So just stay tuned for that. But first... A little news of the Jews. Saturday Night Live was very Jewish this week. Bernie Sanders made a guest appearance. Larry David was the host. And on Weekend Update, Michael Che made a kind of offensive joke. On his first visit to a U.S. mosque, President Obama called on television producers to create Muslim characters that are not related to issues of national security. Although, Mr. President, if you really want to reach TV producers, say it at a synagogue. The Israeli newspaper Haaretz finally figured out what kibbutz Bernie Sanders worked on back in 1963. It was kibbutz Sha'ar Ha'amakim near Haifa in northern Israel. Leo, you did time there, right? Uh, I did 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 hard time. You did hard time. It's run by by socialist youth movement. Exactly, because if you think about me, socialist youth movements. (laughs) Uh, The Republicans, of course, have pounced, saying that Sanders did time on a Stalinist, communist, Maoist, evil terrorist training ground. The amazing thing about this kibbutz, and I'll mention this super briefly, it was originally uh, founded by uh, Romanian Jews, and then some Yugoslavian Jews joined, and they had a huge rift because the Romanians and the Yugoslavians, <laughs> born like literally 200 miles apart, couldn't get it on, which is such a perfect, perfect kind of right. microcosm of like the Democratic Party left. Hi, Bernie. Hi, Bernie. Uh, it's like the, the, Mol- the Bolshevik-Menshevik split, but it was the, U- <laughs> there was the Yugoslavians, the Romanians. Um, McDonald's is giving out books in its Happy Meals uh, for the next couple weeks. Any Jewish book suggestions? In, what should, in, instead of toys. Instead of toys. Yeah. What what should they be giving out? Any? I think they should be giving out... Uh, Ellie, Diary of Anne Frank? Ellie Wiesel's Night. <laughs> Can you imagine? You go to the drive-thru in like Kenosha and little Timmy's like, oh boy, I got my happy me... Look, mom, there's a really thin kid on the cover. I don't like this. Why is there a picture of a girl in an attic? I mean, I feel like it could be worse. They could be giving out like Jonathan Friends in books, which like just would ruin everything. David Sedaris. That would, I mean, they could, least... they could they could co-opt them all into mainstream. Oh no, David Sedaris would be lovely. But imagine having yeah. to read Jonathan Fanzen <laughs> as, like, as you eat your the fries. Corrections. That'd be a really fucking happy Happy Meal. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, Here's your Happy Meal, donk dog. <laughs> the complete works of Robert Caro. Now, <laughs> Liel had a Liel had a special request for news of the Jews this week. Um, there was some poll of sexiest cities in the world. Do, do you want to take this one, Liel? So, um, the website Thrillist uh, made a list apparently two years ago, but it's you know the internet, so things just keep coming back in a like it's this morning. Like it's this morning of the sexiest cities in the world. Um, number two was my beloved hometown Tel Aviv, which is bullshit because it should be number one. Uh, this is an anti-Semitic insult that we will not take. <laughs> the winner, 
is Brazil, uh, Brazil's Ipanema, a neighborhood in Rio de Janeiro, Never which, heard of let's it. face it, only really got mentioned because of that fucking song. Uh, and you know what? We have a song, too. Think you know the girl from Ipanema? Well, meet the girl from Tel Aviv. Tall and tanned and domed and dangerous The girl from Tel Aviv goes walking And when she passes each one, she passes goes Ah! She's well trained and tougher than you are Her bikini shows her battle scar She got from various fights using Krav Maga She never says scoozy How she can carry an Uzi Yes, I would hope that she'd choose me But each day when she walks to the beach She runs so her head out of reach Tall and tanned and armed and dangerous The girl from Tel Aviv goes walking And when she passes, each one she passes goes Ah! Oh, viva Tel Aviva, baby You make me go ballistic I have the right to give birth to your baby, baby And call it a birthright Oh, you're so sexy You're sexier than anyone from Ipanema, that's for sure. I don't even know what Ipanema is, but I think I know vaguely where Tel Aviv is. Mm. Oh, uh, but she never says scoozy. How she can carry an Uzi. Yes, I would hope that she choose me. But each day when she runs on the beach Oh, she gets so ahead I can't reach Tall and tan And armed and dangerous as any man Of course, regular unorthodox listeners will recognize the sweet, sweet tones of our jubador, Jim Nabel. The dulcet tones. The dulcet tones of Jim Knabel singing an original lyrical composition by our own Liel Leibowitz. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe Jim will do us the courtesy of also putting that up at his website, jimknabel.com, K-N-A-B-L-E. Finally, in news of the Jews, I think we should take stock of the election a little bit. Um, right, because uh, media haven't been doing that. Enough. Yeah, the media haven't been Wait, doing... Wait, there's an election? <laughs> there's an election. And I just wanted to be clear. Now, it, it is seeming like, you know, Trump could be the nominee. Now, Liel has been on the Marco Rubio bandwagon for, you know, since... Day one. Day Since one Rubio supporter. was a Catholic before he became a Protestant, you know, so he could appeal to every Floridian except the Jews. And the question is, if Marco doesn't pull it off... Which he may not. circuits. What happened? Would you would you vote? Would you pull the Trump lever? Well, first of all, thankfully, I thankfully for many most of our listeners, I can't vote. I forgot you're not a citizen. So what's the matter? Not a citizen. I know. I always thought he was just joking. Who would let me be a citizen? Are you legal? Am I legal? Are you legal? (laughs) I'm barely legal. Oh, you married in. You Lisa's a citizen. I have anchor babies, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally an American now. I thought you were settler babies. Settler babies. (laughs) 
on the Upper West Side. Um, if you're asking me if I could vote, would I vote Hillary versus versus Trump? Here's the thing, uh, and it terrifies me to say it. I think the answer is Trump, and here's why. This is, you know, a, a, a wise a wise friend of mine said this. You know, with Hillary, you know exactly what you're getting, and what you're getting is horrible. You know, it's it's morally, politically, you know, just abominable uh, every way you cut it. With Trump, to to carry on the McDonald's theme, it really is like a happy meal. <laughs> You know, you don't know this what is, toys it's, inside. It's, just it's true. Inside is a toy. It could be horrific, like something like super racist toy, like a toy that's like so <laughs> a little plastic. You know, like like, like uh, Sambo doll, like basically. Gilbert Gottfried, the Secretary of State, and all Muslims on you know like huge malls. You know, set really... adrift in the Gulf of Mexico. Totally, yeah. but it could also be an amazing toy. It could also like turn around and be like, okay, guys, this was just a protracted joke. Here's a bunch of really competent people to run shit from <laughs> now on. You know what? It, between uh, a known evil and and something that you know, could turn out anyway, I'm 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 rolling the dice here. I, I think lo- that is the craziest thing you've ever said. Is yeah. it? I also love the way you're totally willing to fuck with our country. Yeah, like, you like, can you can go back to Israel. You'll, we could get the, like the really broken toy, but like I'm I, sorry, but I like, live here, bitch. My yeah. children are citizens. Like, okay, well this then, is, do this you is, want? Do you I want, only got this country. Do you want Sidney Blumenthal to be your major <laughs> foreign policy advisor? Well, that's who Stephanie's. Good. So Stephanie, yeah. you're you're for Hillary. I'm for Hillary all the way. You're in. You're on team pantsuit. Team pantsuit, yeah. Even though the boys are with Bernie, according yes, to Gloria Steinem. Yes, I know, Steinem. and I feel like it's like I like the boys, and I want the boys to like me, but if they like... No, I'm, 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 I'm over these Bernie bros. Who's Ben Cohen like with? It. I don't even think we've talked about it. Like, am I registered to vote? Probably, right? Are you a citizen? He stands with the Gold State Warriors. He's a Golden State yeah, Warrior. I'll voting. say that Sid is on we're the fence. For Steph. Sid is on the fence. I'm a Bernie man. I'm a burning man. <laughs> burning man. Wouldn't be great if that burning a burning man. man. There'll be a burning man festival. It's the meme a bunch starts of cantankerous here. Jews. The meme starts here. <laughs> Hey, we've been still getting a lot of requests for Unorthodox to come to your community, your Jewish community center or synagogue or university or local federation and do a live show. And we would love to do that. And here's the new deal. If you can get your community to get 100 people to subscribe to our new print magazine, we will come do a live taping of Unorthodox. If you're interested in this deal and you want the details, send an email to unorthodox at tabletmag.com and just ask, how do we bring the live show to our town? Because we would love to come see you. As I said earlier, there's no Gentile guest today. It's all it's all Jews today. The Valentine's Day episode is so you Gentiles, if you're tuning in, you're just getting Jewesses and more Jewesses. Gentiles, you've had enough love. This is tough love. We are elated to have on her way to the Chicago United Jewish Appeal Convention, <laughs> where she's the keynote speaker, right, Jill? Yes. No, that's for real. She is. We are elated to have Jill Cargman. Straight from nineteen fifty three. That's yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, we're related to have Jill Cargman. She's the author of many novels and is the creator of Odd Mom Out, an original scripted TV show on the Bravo Network. Is it coming back for a second season? Yes, June 20th. Oh, so, oh, so we're, we're getting you just in time. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jill's books and TV show are gentle satires of Upper East Side momzillas of which she is yes well no they're not that gentle well i don't like rip them it's not mean-spirited it's kind of (laughs) mean-spirited only for the people who deserve it so this is our valentine's day episode jill and um the first thing i want to ask you uh after i say that i love your show and i'm i want can i get a cameo on it 
For sure. We're doing a party scene. You okay. can come and... Okay. The show is so fucking good. Can I just say? My show? Yeah. Oh, my God. Did I you watch a bunch of episodes? Show. Uh, I watch a bunch of episodes. <laughs> is it really good? <laughs> it's impossible it's to really, watch one episode. Wait really till good. I lose yeah. my anal virginity in episode <laughs> eight. Wait, is that for reals? Yeah. Wow. So you only awesome. watched the first half of the season. Can we just... We can we... did. <laughs> You have some catching up to do. We're supposed to watch X Files last night. I hope it's we with, I hope it's with your husband character. Yes, my okay. husband character. Your husband character. Yes. So I have a safe word in the show. Um, it's thermos because someone left a thermos at my apartment, so it's thermos. But um, I'm always interested in other people's safe words. Some people, it's keep going. Given yeah, my wait, safe is the, word is harder. Yeah. Um, the thing I want to know is so the TV show is. It seems loosely based on your life in that there's a character named Jill and she lives on the Upper East Side and she has three children and yada yada. The husband, however, is you, you have a Shagat's husband on the show. And in real life, Harry is he's Jewy Juicy. Right. He's a big heap. So why did um, what's his name on the show? Andy Buckley. Oh, Andy no, Weber. No, no. Andy Weber. Why did the Webbers? Why did you give yourself Gentile in-laws on the show? We talked about it a lot. I think that part of the odd mom outness because people always say to me I don't understand how do you feel like an odd mom out if you're from New York you have a strong identity Jewish and otherwise um you know why would you feel this way and I you know you're not poor no I'm not poor but (laughs) I at the time (laughs) I was not in the same league as my neighbors you know I was in a fourth floor walk up I was in a rental and they were like wheels up to the Hamptons and penthouses on Fifth Avenue. So while we weren't like worried about our next meal, we weren't in the same milieu of this echelon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really thought that, you know, if I'm from New York and I still feel like an odd mom out, what if you're from Ohio? What if you're like cut and pasted from some red state? And what if... Is that how they get here? The yeah. red state people? <laughs> yeah, <they're>... they cut <laughs> their dry- airdrops. <laughs> they paste them into Lex. And what if you don't have your nice Jewish parents down the street. What if you have married in? It's just a further isolation in a way. Even though my husband and I have a good relationship on the show, I think it's just an extra little dig that his in-laws can make that I am other. And so it just amplifies the isolation of being odd mom out. And isn't it amazing that like the way to like work out Jewish culture crises in the 21st century is to be married to a Jew in real life, but pretend you're not on, like on a, a really show. great TV show? Exactly. I was like, it's amazing. Well, my thing was, I always say to the kids when they're like, oh, I don't want to marry a Jewish guy. You know, the guys in my Hebrew school are like dwarves with honkers. And I was like, guys, marriage <laughs> is hard enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have a 13 year old and, you know, she's a head taller than the boys in her class and you know the way she talks about them it's like they have like pay us you know (laughs) and I said Sadie honestly marriage is hard enough if you you know and daddy there's a part of me that's Jewish that is daddy already knows and it's hard enough with that so I can't even imagine you know the the chasm if someone so what romantic advice do you give your daughter how are you training her in this in this I'm very really, hard I'm just thing? be treated well. I mean, my daughters, I have two girls and a boy, and I do think my boy and will she's, be. And she's 13. The eldest is Sadie's almost, 13. Yeah. Is her almost bom- 13. Her boss <gasps> mitzvah's May. <laughs> are we invited? What's the theme? It's, um, Judaism. There's really no theme. <laughs> the theme yeah. is Judaism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess I would say just make sure that you're always treated. Like, my girls would not stand up for any bullshit or mistreatment. They have total spines of steel. And I think my boy having a strong mom and strong sisters is going to be a really good boyfriend and husband because he's sweet with little girls. Whereas I see little dicks in training yeah. who are just rude to girls. And, you know, I just wouldn't stand for now, that. Would you say that there are more of those per square inch in the neighborhood where you live? 
Yes, but not at my kids' schools, luckily. I have to say, though, they're in really, like, waspy schools, and they have uniforms, and manners are very important. Wasps have nicer kids? Is that what you're saying? No, I just think the schools are more strict, and they... The the mensch thing isn't there, but it's also you don't have like the spoiled Montclair jackets and like excess. It's very you know, the people are down to earth. Even if they're loaded, they drive up in like a banged up Volvo. There's not like thirty Cadillac escalates with drivers pimping it, you know. You see these little kids <laughs> hop out at those places and I actually felt like I would be more comfortable in a diverse school, you know, because a Jewish day school is not diverse. It's how did you and your hubby meet? We were set up on a blind date by our grandmothers. It's like Fiddler on the fucking roof. They've been playing bridge together for 50 years. And I I had another... They were at this point 64. Yeah. (laughs) They were, yes. No, they were like, I mean, now one is... Dead. No longer with us. And then the other one is uh, 98 and doesn't know who we are. But anyway... I was going to say, how with us is she? Yeah, not very. But um, they... My grandmother had another friend who set me up with her grandson, Adam. And... I got to the date and this guy was like, I'm totally gay. And my grandmother would drop dead if she knew. And we're going to have a great time anyway. And my boyfriend's meeting us for dinner at the Red Cat. So I was like, all right. And so then a few years later, when Harry's grandmother wanted to introduce me, I'm like, excuse me. He knows what a dick tastes like. Let's be real. And she's like, my Harry is straight. So sure enough, he called me and said, I heard about your last fix up and I'm a hot blooded hetero and I really want to take you out to dinner. And the rest is history. But yes, the grandmothers fixed us up. It was so shuttle. And do, did you know, did you and Harry just know? Did you literally say that's a hot, hot blooded hetero? You know what? Our grandmas play bridge. I was engaged twice before I met Harry. I was like runaway bride, and um, I kept feeling like I didn't want to go through with it. And I had nightmares about my wedding. And when I met him, we we wound up. I my fiance before him was kind of. I wouldn't say homophobic but definitely not psyched to go to Marie's crisis with me and have his ass pinched let's put it that way and Harry I just like threw him into everything it was almost like I wanted to test him the first night I went to this party with these friends and I brought him to a gay bar and I brought him everywhere and we got cotton candy at three in the morning and he put me in a cab and when I got home to my shitty walk up the phone was ringing, which was alarming, and I picked up the phone at 3.27 in the morning, and he's like, hi, I just wanted to make sure you got home okay. Oh. And, and you're like, I'm telling your grandmother. Oh, Nana taught you so well. So well. <laughs> it was on. Yeah, and then I had my, like, sex in the city brunch with the girls the next day, and I said, I met my husband <laughs> last night. <laughs> so, but I was right. I mean, you have to kiss a lot of frogs. And and do you, are you a yenta? Do you set people up? I am such a yenta. Are you good, I feel like and are you good at it? Yes, I have. I have two married couples. One just broke up, but um, doesn't matter. Yeah, I t- I, you know, <laughs> there's so, no you still count. Children count in the three if you they're, if they break up. No, I just, but there are children does. walking Come the on. earth who Come exist on. because of me. Sixteen, it does count. They Everyone have gets cute divorced. little <laughs> Jewy kids roaming the earth that are here because of me. So yeah, if you produce the kids, you're, it's totally kosher. Yeah. Do you have any of those friends who like nothing's wrong with them, but they just haven't found their found love yet it, no there's always something wrong with them <laughs> you don't believe in the nonsense you know every every you know there's a fish in the sea for everyone or whatever i don't think is. there's any one person for one no like, nobody one soulmate yeah that i out think of, like, you could marry no, saying, people... you, you do believe that there are people who are virtually really unmatchable with no matter what they're so awful and and broken that they have no hope Yes, I think that's true. I believe that too, completely. Completely. Yeah. The people who but, I know have too high standards. Yeah, I was just say, your waiting, friends, what are they doing wrong if they're still they're, single? They're, they are only looking for 
this perfect sheet of, you know, all these attributes. And when I even float like a nice guy that I met, what does he do? You know, a lot of them, not that they're gold diggers, but they're definitely not going to put up with like. <laughs> I ain't saying she a gold digger. I ain't saying she, <laughs> she ain't no fucking gold with digger. no broke Hebrew. Yeah. 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 <laughs> definitely so, don't want to go out with like Ivy's cute Hebrew school teacher for some reason. But now that the show is, is a hit, are there people who like. You know, you've been doing this for a while, sort of satirizing the world around you, of which you are now very much a part. Um, are there people who just sort of like will avoid you and won't want anything like that would get on the show or something like that? Do people Not treat you really. differently? No, I, I feel like I've already been so entrenched in the mom world there because my kids are a little older now. So they already know me and they know that they can trust me. It's usually when I travel or I, you know, I went to a party in Connecticut and these women were all talking about how someone was boning the gym teacher at Greenwich Country Day School. And I said, oh, my God, that's amazing. And they're like, don't put it in your show or whatever. <laughs> but a lot of times it'll just be a really boring conversation. They're like, this isn't for your show. It's like, dude, I don't want my viewers to fall asleep. Yeah. Like, don't worry. Don't, don't flatter yourself. Yeah, like my Jewy Country Club, some of the older women are like, think I'm taking notes. I was like. Uh, no. <laughs> Trust me, this would be like your human Salmonex. You're like a NyQuil with a face on My it. My Mahjong moves ain't for your show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so you now, uh, I think it's safe to say, because look, we, since we've asked you to be on the show, I've asked like five or six people who they wanted <laughs> to hear on the show, and they all said you. Really? So, yeah. I, no, I'm, oh, I'm, that's, that's so here. nice. So you're, 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 you're it. You're, you're, you wait, know. wait, wait, Leo. I mean, I, I love Jill. We're old friends, but really, like, when you, uh, no, open-ended absolutely. question. Like, open name question. one person you wanted to talk about. Name five or six Amy people you'd like to have in the show. There are other Jewesses it was, it was, it was in Amy, the comedy it was world. You, Natalie Portman. Amy Schumer. And, and uh, a bunch of other people I won't uh, know, to, you know, I won't say, because then we'll have and to have like, them on well, the show. And then you're like, well, we already had Alan Dershowitz, so we're fine Yeah, it was basically Alan Dershowitz, you, Amy Schumer. So congrats. Oh, thanks. I'm good. I'm up there. That's right. You have fans. You have you have followers. You have people who look up to you. What are, what are your you know ten commandments to young women? Kind of interested in how to make this. Yeah, tell tell. tell I, us. I haven't um etched my tablets yet, but um I so guess this is a very Jewish show. We're looking for spiritual so guidance. This is so Whitney Houston. We have an etcher, a tablet etcher. Yeah, oh, good. Like okay, room. I hear some stone banging <laughs> right back there. Um, this is so Whitney Houstony, but I mean, always just like listen to your own. Voice. Um, I never took English in college, which is super weird. And which is everyone, a no, not everyone, take everyone, in everyone takes English in college, right? Like everyone. I, we try only, to get only, them too. Only, I, only the poor people. Do. I was very sure that I wanted to write, and I wanted to study French, Spanish, and Italian. I was recruited by the CIA, Yale, PS. For real. For real. They were like, any interest in? Arabic or Japanese. I was like, why am I here? Like, there were these two guys from a quote government think tank with Dean Dove. In Weren't you an art meeting. history major? I was an art history major. <laughs> Your show would have been much funnier in Islamabad. Yeah, if I was like boning <laughs> Arab <laughs> sheiks with my passport in a shredder. Anal sex um, safe word in yeah, Islamabad. Exactly. for the madrasa. I do yeah. today. I don't know what I'm doing. Totally. Yeah. Um, I just, I guess part of why I didn't want to take English is that a lot of people had told me that. The grad student TA types are often, you know, really hacking at your voice. And I, I'm not trying to write literary novels. I'm actually done writing novels. I'm doing essays now. I have a new essay Yeah, you're collection. doing things that people actually watch and enjoy. Well, as opposed I, to, and you the know, book books. version is really an extension of the show. It's called Sprinkle Glitter on My Grave. It's coming out in September. And it's very, a lot of funny Jewy, Jewy things. Um, but I feel like if I had tried to be a writer in college, I wouldn't be a writer right now. I, I really feel like I 
didn't have the tunnel vision of writing. It was the other 359 degrees of my life that informed the style now. So I guess commandment one would be don't listen to all the forces. You know, trust live, yourself. Live your life rather than, Live your you know, life. I mean, and that's for acting too. Odd Mom Out returns when? June 20th. The novel comes out. It's essay, or the essays. essays. Um, in September, in September. Sprinkle Glitter on My Grave. And I just want to say, I really like how many Mazel Tovs you drop in the TV show, but could you up the ante? Could there be some like, we are. Baruch we are Hashems? Very, or... Well, I, I can't give too many spoilers, but let's just say... This season, we really heave out. Sweet. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jill Cargman, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have fun me. at UJA Chicago. Thank you. <laughs> this is how we do. Hey, are you a man? Are you a normal man? That is to say, you have some sort of beard at all? You have to shave sometimes? If so, you probably have spent a lot of time trying to figure out what is the best razor to get. And if you're like me, then at some point along the way, you settled on Gillette because they make pretty good razors. Like, there's no question about it. Of course, you've also noticed that their cartridges are extremely expensive, like Upper East Side expensive. They're just really, really expensive. But there's another company that makes even better razors and cheaper. It's called Harry's. They're online at H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. That's Harry's dot com. They have a nice story. One of the co-founders, Andy, went to a drugstore some years ago, and he did that thing where he waited in line for 10 minutes for someone to unlock this special case where they keep the razors. And he didn't even need the razor. He wanted to buy a four-pack of blades and some shaving creams, but he had to go through the whole process and wait for them to come unlock it. And then, of course, he overpaid. And he was an entrepreneur, and he said to himself, this is not the way to do this. So he looked for a better way. And he started a company called Harry's, which offers blades, razors, cartridges, shaving cream, all direct-to-consumers, high quality. They're five blades, German-engineered. And whereas with Gillette, an eight count can be $25 or $30, for Harry's, an eight count of uh, new blades is $15. But it's even better because if you go online and use the promo code UNORTHODOX, you can save $5 off of your first order. I've been using them for a while now, and I'm a convert. I'm not going back. Harry's.com. Go to Harry's. It's a great product for a shave. Liel, you use them, right? I'm basically a monkey, and I use them. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Like, Liel can't mess around with a razor. He has a full... When he goes from full beard to, to nothing, back to beard, he's like... I go from nothing to full beard in, like, an afternoon. <laughs> like an afternoon, uh, right. And I like Harry's a lot. Yeah. So, we're on Team Harry's. We think you should be, too. And certainly, uh, for the price, uh, you absolutely should try it. Again, H-A-R-R-Y-S, Harry's.com. Use the promo code UNORTHODOX to save $5 on your first order. Our next guest today is Nancy Slotnick. She is a professional dating coach, a Harvard alumna. She founded the legendary uptown Manhattan dating cafe, Drip. I remember when people were going on drip dates. Oh, you do? That was like Uh a big... I never went on one. I do too. But did you go on a drip date? No. No. Uh, More recently, she's founded matchmakercafe.com. And there's an app, right? Matchmaker Cafe. Yes. And it makes matches, right? Yes. We do something similar to what we do at Drip, which is that we try to bring it into the real world because people that do dating apps and whatnot tend to just chit-chat and think that they're dating. But it doesn't really count as a date unless you actually... 
actually meet. There's no swiping in your thing. It's actually face-to-face with humans. Yes. What well, a great concept. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, you got to meet. Meeting you know? people. <laughs> I mean, so, so radical. <laughs> <laughs> now, you prefer to be called a dating coach as opposed to a matchmaker. And I'd like to what's the difference? Yes. Well, a lot of people think that you can kind of outsource love, you know, that you can go to a matchmaker and say, find it for me. And I definitely like the idea of facilitating people meeting each other, but I don't feel like I have some magic formula like, oh, I know the perfect person. You really just have to have a lot of dates. And when you think that you're going to outsource it, there's a sort of laziness that goes along with that. That's uh, like, oh, someone else will find it or it happens when you're not looking or when you least expect yeah, it. Yeah, it'd be like an Amazon delivery. That's an app I'd like yeah. to invent, right? <laughs> so what are the things you're most commonly telling clients? Because I imagine part of it is working on themselves and, you know, how they presented a date and stuff like that. You know, that's the coach part of yeah, the title. Well, so I wrote a book of dating advice and the metaphor that I use is about turning your cab light on because like a New York City taxi cab, you kind of have to show your availability So rather than just hiring someone to do it for you, you have to be willing to kind of put yourself out there, like they say, and be a little vulnerable. Um, Well, like eye contact or smiling at a stranger. How about Ah. that? Like that's (laughs) exactly I know that's one of those really scary things that people don't want to do. But how do you signal? But here's a question. And, And this is why I think that your profession, and I say this with complete earnestness, is probably going to be one of the most profoundly important ones in in the decades to come. We're losing the ability to do that, right? Because we're walking around staring into a stupid screen the whole time. Just the notion of eye contact. How do you teach people, say, of a certain age, born... Born after a certain year. I'm, I'm looking at Stephanie Butnick. Uh, it was last to, year. To, to, <laughs> it was I'm earlier one. this year. Uh, how, how, do you, how do you teach these kids to actually, you know, put down the Tinder app and just look at another human yeah, being? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's really hard. Um, people don't want to be vulnerable in that way. So it, it's not easy to teach that. And even though, I, you know, I appreciate that you say it's important. Even though it's important, I think that a lot of people don't want to make it important. Like they wouldn't think they need a dating coach. You know, that sounds embarrassing or, or something like that. So so we have a few people coming on who are, you know, looking for our expert help, which obviously next to yours is not at all. Um, <laughs> the word no well, slouches. Yeah, no, of course. But what would you tell us to be looking at? Like, what are we looking for? What are we noting? Yes. So when I sit with a client the first time, I get what I call their dating resume, Mm -hmm. which is like, you know, and and girls mostly, this is kind of our favorite pastime is like, you know, sharing all our relationship stories. And so, uh, you know, I'm every client's new best friend after I know all that, those things about them. But it gives me a roadmap. Like if someone, how many times have they been in love? Like how old are they? How many times they've been in love? How many serious relationships, which is not always the same number. And then you kind of get a calculus of, like, are they relationship ready? Do you ever lose hope? Do you ever look at a client and be like, eh, it's not going to happen for you? You know, I it, it really does come down to the human will and spirit. But I do. You guys were talking. <laughs> it does, <doesn't> it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just that. <laughs> but, but when That's you guys what were <laughs> No, I think Jill said something about how, uh, you know, there always is something wrong with people when it's been like, you know, I, I, I was agreeing with that sentiment. That Do you tell them straight? Like, would you tell a client like, listen. Yes. Yeah. I give the tough love because, you know, it's it's really sad when but someone's going through life. can the tough love be like you smell? Mm, so I'll just, a, oh wait, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Uh, yeah, I harder. was once sitting with a well-known <laughs> matchmaker, someone you've heard of because she's in, she's in that community. Mm-hmm. And she was clicking through some photos of some people she was working with. I was, she was getting the, I was getting the behind the scenes look. And she said, I mean, look at this one. Obviously she has to fix her nose. 
Mm. And I was horrified. I was horrified. And she said, I used to tell people that, but now I can't tell them that anymore because, you know, political correct and all. But I used to say, get a nose job. You'll be married in three months. And I thought that's I was I was literally I was. I was about to kill myself out of horror. <laughs> now I was going to kill her, then kill myself. But on a sort of more general point, I mean, do you ever feel like the real problem here is this person's weight or this person's odor or... And how do you deal with that? Yeah, I don't personally. It's just horrible that... personality. <laughs> just why, why yeah. just right. right. Well, personality is harder yeah. to change. You know, can you get a personality right. job? It's like that, that Frank like, Zappa song. You, you know, what's this. what's the ugliest part of your body? I think it's your mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it can relate to uh, some superficial things, but partly the reason that I don't call myself a matchmaker is because matchmakers tend to be very superficial, and and apps like Tinder tend to make it all about um, the looks, but it really is much more about like your inner, you know, your inner glow and how how you feel about yourself. And even someone that smells bad, it's usually because they feel crappy about themselves and they don't shower, you know. So if you can fix that part, that usually helps. All right. So, Nancy, we're very dumb, uh, but <laughs> we have you here to help us. So here's what we're going to do. We're, we're deadly serious about finding love for our listeners. We're, we're going to bring in two. You're going to sit right there. Uh, we're going to interview them. You're gonna you're gonna look on and shake your head, thinking, you know what? What are these stupid amateurs doing? <laughs> and then you're gonna come back for professional analysis, like sports type live game analysis. Great deal. Okay. Some That's color cool. commentary. I love that. Our first lucky listener is Shira Ginsburg. Shira, who is how old? Um, that old. I'm that no, old. For I'm real. <laughs> because you I'm don't. I'm 38. Wa- okay, 30. We don't. You don't want people three <laughs> times your age. Come on. Trying to date you. No, um, for sure not. Unless that's your thing. Nope. And everyone has their thing. Sure isn't. Okay, Shira, who's 38 but doesn't look a day over 32, um, sent in this amazing voice memo, which we're going to play. Hi, my name is Shira. I grew up in upstate New York on my family's dairy farm. I am the grandchild of two amazing Holocaust survivors, and I am the cantor of a progressive New York City synagogue where I have been for the last 10 years. I also have my own one-woman musical called Bubby's Kitchen that's opening this spring in New York City, which is exciting. And comically, given these circumstances, I am the winner of the Wedding Wire Couples Choice Award for wedding officiants. I have married dozens of fantastic couples, um, and so now I would really love love having three thoughtful journalists take on this mitzvah before I unleash the army of septuagenarian yentas who have been dying to introduce me to their nephews. Uh, So I am looking for a positive, thoughtful, and motivated man, a proud Jew, a lover of Israel who really knows himself, who's ready to start the next chapter of his life with a loving partner by his side. Thanks so much. Shira, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm uh, so happy to be here. The competition, by the way, was really tough. I mean, Liel, as you know, Liel pre-interviewed you. He did. And we're going to ask you some more questions, but you you came with um, with accompaniment. I did. I came with my friend Iran Sabo. Uh, yeah, to sing a song that actually Liel asked me to write. So I just wrote this two days ago. It doesn't have a name yet. Liel, no, this it... is this is a song uh, about uh, what you're looking for, right? This is a song yeah. about love. This is a song about love. Awesome. Okay, Shira Ginsburg, everyone. <laughs> If you should need me, then just call my name. If I should need you, then I'll just do the same. 
And we can go down to the sea And watch the old waves roll by If the world crumbles and day becomes night If you should stumble cause you can't see the light I'll still be holding your hand Watching the waves roll by If you ever need me to brighten your day If you ever need me then darling I'll stay If you ever need me I'll be down by the sea So baby if you need me then just follow me And when we're older our hair is all white If we lose everything we'd still be alright Because we'll just go down to the sea And watch these old waves roll by We'll just go down to the sea You and me And watch these old waves roll by Yeah! Yeah! Now, single Jewish men, if you do not want to date someone who could write that and sing it so beautifully in two days, then I uh, hate this you something all. I hate you. I just hate yeah. you. I appreciate and that, guys. I gotta say, and and you know, as as a heterosexual podcast host, like you're really good looking. Oh, thanks. Like you sound surprised. No, no, no. But I mean, like you know, we would select. We would have chosen you just for your personality and for your awesome pitch. We didn't know what you looked like when we heard that voice memo you sent in. Fair enough. But no, I'll be honest. I think to this day, I am surprised when I meet really good-looking people who are thirty-eight and not married yet. Yeah, it's surprising also to my entire family. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole shocked. Ginsburg clan. <laughs> yeah. The whole Ginsburg clan and is that's, shocked. I should say that's completely unfair because when I think about the people who I'm still trying to set up, my wife and I are still trying to set up in our lives who are you know, still looking and have been on the market of 10 or 15 years of adult life, they are actually real catches. Like, interestingly, the the real Miskites have all found someone. They were all like, they married their college sweetheart. I know. Isn't that weird? It's it's weird and true. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of how it happens. Yeah. It happens in waves. It does. Yeah. It does. Right, so tell, us, tell, us, tell us about the waves. Tell us about, about uh, your, your journey, about your path here, sure. about love. About love. Um, Born on a dairy farm. There's not a lot of love on a dairy farm, is there? <laughs> there is a lot of love on a dairy farm. I mean, farm. Not, not love. I mean, but I, it was sort of like, like desolation. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We, I didn't have any neighbors. There was, you know, there was not a lot of like, <laughs> neighborly Jewish love. And only being able to date Jews, you know, when you're like in high school and 1,400 people and you're one of seven Jews. That doesn't go so well for the dating scene. Yeah, the other um, six are like, nah. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Shlomo, it's not happening. <laughs> right. Oh, poor Shlomo. Um, so anyway, you know, I was in a really serious relationship for a quite long-term relationship in my 20s. Uh, and that was with an Israeli, which seems to be one of those things. On, on behalf of my people, I apologize. Yes. and For, I... for whatever wrong we did. Uh, what, what, what went wrong? What went wrong? You know... I think it, we were young, and I think what went wrong is that I was really uh, committed to making things work to the point where I sort of allowed myself to be a little bit blinded to what was actually happening in the relationship. So, but, uh, what did the Israeli do? 
He, uh, he wore well, too much cologne. He founded a startup. <laughs> yeah. He, had a, he had, a, had a high necklace. He founded a settlement yeah. in the apartment down the hall. Founded a settlement. <laughs> he just wanted me to like do all of his work, like do his homework, and like I basically have some sort of degree in like marketing or something because I wrote so many papers. Like, <laughs> and I just was like for love. Yes, I love the know? degrees in marketing. Right? <laughs> like, Were you totally. like? Could you just get a bachelor's in like philosophy? I would at least feel was, respectable about writing your papers. I think. I got an A. I think my average is really high, for real. Um, this is this is the the standard question. We we believe, being being uh, old and wise, that uh, you learn much more about uh, life from failure, uh, failure, failing than you do from success. Uh, tell us, tell us the worst. Tell us the worst date you've ever had. The worst romantic encounter. Sure. Um, well, here's a good one for you. Uh, I was on an airplane. I was. Um, headed to Israel and I met this guy in the airport while we were like going through uh you know front <laughs> desk TSA, or something yeah. <laughs> TSA you know when they say the iPad the iPod tells you to go left um and we started talking we struck up a conversation and I told him that I was a singer and he was like oh this is amazing so um you know can I hear you so I said sure I actually have my album you know on my iPhone if you want to here you go so we're sitting we're having a drink and he's listening and he's like you are my angel. You come from the heaven. You are <laughs> oh my, my angel. God. And like the truth is, okay, to be and fair. of calling security, you're like, really? I was like, oh, an angel okay, me? well, I mean, all right. So we get on the airplane and I'm sitting in my seat and we take off and the stewardess comes up to me and she says, um, you know, so your boyfriend told me um, that you two got seated apart from each other and he asked me if there was anything I could do. So I have, you know, two seats for you up in business class. So just we'll just wait until we're at 30,000 feet till we turn off the seatbelt and then, you know, we'll move up. And I was thinking to myself, this is hilarious. So we go, you know, the stewardess brings me, we sit down and we have this 30,000 feet in the air. You're having like, the best Meg Ryan movie ever. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. My hair was a little longer at the time. Um, and... I was, you know, enthralled. I mean, it was really fun. And, you know, there's no time. There's no space when you're in air. There's only us. There's only now. Um, and so we are making these plans. And he's like, oh, I have a wedding. You should come with me. You know, it's next weekend. What are your plans while you're in Israel? We're making all these plans. So, you know, 12 hours ahead, the plane lands. And I have to go back to my original seat to land. And then, you know, we get off the airplane and I see him at baggage claim. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, like this this could be really fun. What it is if, on. You're thinking yeah. it is like, on. Like game on, my game friend. On, right? Good trip to Israel. Yeah. And we get our bags and he's like, okay, so listen, you know, it was really nice to meet you. This was like so amazing. Uh, we probably shouldn't walk out together because my wife and uh, baby are picking me up. And I was like, are you? Um, Are you kidding and for, me? And for real, and scene. Like, there was nothing else to do, right? Was he like, what, but still come do? to that wedding next week? Like, what was, <laughs> the, what was the plan? I showed up. <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, hi. Yeah, so that's, that's just so one. That's so up in the air. It's so up in the it's air. It's so up in the it air. It is. Oh, that's that's awful. Liel apologize. Yeah, Liel apologize again. Yeah, I'm so sorry. So you've learned no Israelis, right? Like, hasn't that... Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to say that, but... Um, no, let's say that. It's, you know, not a great, not a great <laughs> sorry, track dude. record. We're... <laughs> I, I'm not going to, you know, be biased, right. but yeah, there's the some track good, record's there's not some, good. some good eggs out okay, there. Okay, so like, what's your ideal mm-hmm. Saturday night with someone? Ideal Saturday night with someone. Like, is it more like Netflix and chill? It's or like out clubbing? It starts with <laughs> That's so unfair. <laughs> and kind of true. That's true. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. So obviously we start with Abdallah, a little Yaila Lai with the guitar. And Debbie then, Friedman's in the room with you. <laughs> oh, I love Debbie. Debbie Friedman is in the room with me. That guitar, um, she helped me buy. She was my teacher. I love that That's woman. That's pretty great, actually. Yeah. There you have it. Um, I would say, you know, drinks at some little... A, you know, lovely wine bar that's quiet, no crazy noise, no loud crowds, somewhere where there's like not only two seats available, but five seats available from which to choose so that like, you know, you can talk mm-hmm. and, you know, have a good time. Um, Maybe see some like great live music, like a good jazz band, something chill like that. And then, you know, have a nice dinner, go home, have another glass of wine or two, sit in the garden, nice. relax. You have yeah. a garden? I do have a garden. Nice. Oh my God. Uh, so we're going to play a game now. Uh, okay. It's a game of free associations. We, we believe we can tell a lot about a person just by seeing their mind work you know, spontaneously. <laughs> Each of us is going to throw a term, okay. and you're going to see the first thing that comes to your mind without <laughs> thinking about it at all. You're already laughing. Are you okay. ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Are, Are you ready? ready? Okay. Okay. Marijuana. Delightful. Drake. Yum. Benjamin Netanyahu. Ive. <laughs> Dula. Oh, lots of my friends. Iron Dome. Mm, important. Judaism. Super important. Pro football. I, I, I watched a game on Sunday. Hey, me too. Awesome. It's my game of the year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. mine Good. too. Okay, now a few lo- once You get one sentence for these. Like these okay. are sort of short answers. Remember okay. the on the test, the short answers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about foodies? Are you a foodie? And how do you feel about foodies? Food is important. I enjoy it. I am not a foodie. I am open to foodies. How much income do you and your Beshert need to be happy? It's a great question. Enough to not have to worry about all of the basics. If you had the power, uh, if you were the president and had the power to execute one celebrity, who would that be? Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. On behalf of all of us. Favorite TV show? In America. Hmm. I'm kind of into Jessica Jones right now. Jewish role model? My bubby. How many kids do you want? Two. Girls or boys? One of each, please. Wow, I like this. Shira Ginsburg, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you to your guitar gimp as well, Iran. (laughs) (laughs) Iran, yes. I like that you just travel with him, that he's... I, I I don't think the leash is necessary. I feel like he could probably keep up oh well, without it. Well, you know, it. I like to be certain. Yeah. So <laughs> listen, we're gonna we're gonna put this out there into Jewland. Okay. And then we're, we're gonna also, find you love. We're gonna or work else. assorted channels. I can't and wait. By Valentine's Day next year, you're gonna be married. Well, and if, I understand engaged. that you're doing the wedding, and that I don't have to do my own wedding. Oh, of course, no. So we're, we're, like, yeah, there's like seven universal. Life we're all universal life ministers. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. Sorry. Don't be mad at me, cause I'm in love with that girl. So don't be mad at me. So much from the other side of the track, so what the world don't think we match up. Hi guys, it's Mark here. We interrupt this program to say this. Jill was so awesome, Nancy was awesome, and Shira, yep, totally awesome. But at this point in the show, we were about to be ousted from the studio. And we would not have been able to do justice to our second seeker of love. So we're going to do something unusual and a little bit unthinkable. We're going to get that person in a near future episode. 
In fact, so many fantastic people wrote in who we feel are deserving of our services that this might just become a recurring feature. So stay tuned for that. Now, back to our program. Nancy Slotnick, you've been sitting through our time with with Shira. Any thoughts on where we should go from here? So I love her. She's awesome. I actually think that this this project could work. Well, no, I mean, I told you I'm not a matchmaker, but I think that being willing to put her cab light on that way by writing a song and singing it, I mean, if that doesn't draw someone in either from listening to this um, or, you know, just from life in the spiritual sense, like there's this expression, if you polish over here, then it shines over there, you know, that when, when you are willing to say this is important to me and sing your song about it then what I kind of person should that. she sh- should call in uh should write to us for for sheer who is she right for who's right um, for her or who's right for her like i think she needs a combination of like the sexy aggressive israeli type with like a guy a guy that would be warm and like a, a soft wine bar and sitting in the garden and chit-chatting and being a good husband and father. So those that's always... Right, I think that's she has every... a type. She can't deny her type. Like, you can't change what you're attracted to, right? So there's right. something in her that likes the Israeli guy who kind of takes advantage of her homework skills. Right, She needs right, the nice right. version of that. Well, she has right? a little bit of a, you know, radar issue around uh, assessing a guy's character. That's something when I coach women, <laughs> you know, like I, I told her to leave me her, her info because, like, you know, besides putting yourself out there when, when you do put your cab light on in a situation like hers and she's really attractive and you know then you sometimes get a lot of unwanted attention and you don't know how to filter that because the aggressive guys that get through the filter are not the airplane guy right yeah okay yeah. so uh here's here's how it's going to work uh if you are an uh aggressive yet sensitive israeli uh who loves you know uh sports and uh military activities but also uh soft jazz uh <laughs> shira uh is right for you but, and it but doesn't have to you, be israeli right we will take applications <laughs> from other we'll people as well wide, wide yeah, and large she said um, she swore off israeli yeah. if, uh mark tell tell our listeners how they could uh how they could help well we have a very secret algorithm that's been cooked up by some um israeli mathematicians uh originally of the technion now doing time at mit and we're going to put it to work, but we need you to write in. Send uh, you send your pitch for why you should be set up with Shira. Or your friend or your kid. Or your friend. Yeah, yeah. We're or like, your grandkid. Go into full Yenta mode and suggest yourself or somebody you know and love. Uh, write to unorthodox at tabletmag.com. And we're going to keep you updated. We're going to get back to you about, about how these things progress uh, over the next weeks. And we'll maybe bring a couple other people in to, uh, to our, our services. Nancy Slotnick, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Finally, our Mazel Tovs of the Week. Stephanie. I'm a Mazel Tov to Beyonce, who stole the halftime show at the Super Bowl, along with Bruno Mars, who is a quarter Jewish. I love Beyonce. She's doing amazing things, and I feel really, really happy about it. Leo. My Mazel Tov is to Bruce Springsteen, who announced a summer concert in Tel Aviv. So for those of you keeping score at home, uh, the boss, playing Israel, not playing Israel, Coldplay. My Mazel Tov is to a couple whom I had some role in setting up. I'm, I'm not going to give their last names. I'll just say it's Michael and Emma. I think things are going very well. They didn't even know I was setting them up. That's how good I am. Unorthodox is edited by Julie Subrin and produced by Sarah Ivry and Alyssa Goldstein. Rabbinic supervision this week is by Rabbi Bruno Mars. Kosher slaughtering by Stephanie Germanata. Our website is tabletmag.com. Our music is by Golem. And to get our newsletter, just shoot an email to unorthodox at tabletmag.com and ask for it. Shalom, friends. Shalom, friends.